So um, we have a, another topic that we would like to discuss about America's Got Talent and uh, so do field medical teams. And so one of the questions that I have for Ralph, because I know you've been putting a lot of work into uh, putting this session together, um, and currently you're Senior Director of Field Medical Excellence at AbbVie, and in developing this session you've included presenters from very large companies like Sanofi, where Steve McGoffin is, at the Regional Director of Rare Disease, to mid-sized companies like AbbVie, uh, with Brooke Kim, National Director of Oncology Field Medical, and uh, also emerging companies like Stonebridge Biopharma with Nancy Ortiz, who's the Executive Director GMA and Field Medicals from. Do you think that they see a wide difference in the types of field medical that they need to hire? You know, I think they do, Robin. I think whether you're from a, a large company or a small company, you may be looking for a little bit of a different type of, of MSLs. If you're in a small company and you have a product that's maybe not yet on the market, I think science drives the conversation. Um, if you're at a, a larger company where you have, might have some assets already um, on the market, uh, there's other things that you will talk about, perhaps um, perhaps uh, uh, the competitors in, in the environment and, and, and how healthcare is delivered in your specific therapeutic area. So I do think there are, are, are wide uh, differences in, in the types of people you need to hire, but overall you know that all of us um, you know, really are, are very interested in, uh, in, in, in obtaining and then retaining that talent. And it doesn't matter whether you're at large, medium, or small companies, this is an essential element, and that's what we're really going to concentrate on in this particular session. Oh, excellent. Um, and then, Donna, what are your thoughts about talent retention? Because we know that's really key for an organization. Uh, for any of these roles, but it's a very competitive environment. Um, do you or Ralph have any thoughts about what types of initiatives have been developed in retaining key talent? Individuals want opportunities to grow their skills and also gain visibility to their work. Uh, I believe that if employees are given the opportunity to grow and feel appreciated, then they're likely to stay. Um, creating project opportunities that have clear accountabilities and timelines have been a great talent retention tool that I've seen in the past. No, that's it. That's wonderful. And then, uh, Ralph, uh, you know, along those lines, what are your thoughts about, you know, as we're looking at career growth opportunities and really evolving these roles, what are your thoughts about rotational assignments? Can they be used for career development? Absolutely, Robin. I think rotational assignments are something that, uh, that um, can be a critical key component in retaining our best talent. So oftentimes uh, MSLs um, uh, you know, go about their, their daily job, but they're, they're interested in potentially pursuing another area in the company. Could be within medical affairs, could be within other departments. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to have the ability for an MSL to participate in a rotational assignment. It gives them a chance, a chance to if you will, test drive a, a, a different type of role, and they get an opportunity to see whether this new role could be a, a possibility for them in the future. So I think it's a great opportunity for um, having uh, MSLs have the ability to look at, uh, at different, uh, different roles within the company. I'd like to add to that, Ralph. 
as you mentioned, it's a great opportunity for the employee, but I also see it as a win-win. Um, so for the function or department that's getting um, the MSL, it's an opportunity for them to expose their work to the team and get some work done by um, top talent. So I think it's um, a win-win to have these rotational opportunities. Yeah, and Donna, in addition to that, I also think if you're having an MSL go into a department that doesn't know much about the MSL function, they actually serve as an ambassador for what you do as an MSL. I know we've had some success in the development area where our folks, folks in development did not understand the field medical role, and by doing a rotation, the MSL was, was, had the ability to educate them about what we could do. So it was really terrific uh, experience. So uh, you, you both mentioned that, uh, you know, rotational assignments are opportunities, but can you also describe some opportunities for in-role de development? Uh, have you seen any types of cross-functional project work taking place at, at some of the companies that you've worked with and some of the experiences that you've had? Are there opportunities for things like that? Yeah, Robin. So aside from doing a full-blown rotational assignment, I think there's a number of different uh, projects that MSLs can get involved in that I've seen is maybe it's a project in preparation for a Congress where an MSL sits on part of a Congress team and helps um, develop the plans for the Congress or um, working with clinical development on an upcoming trial and how we want the MSLs to be involved. Um, so I think it's, again, a win-win. Um, as Ralph had mentioned, these other functions can see um, what an MSL can do, what their role is all about, um, while also helping with various initiatives. Yeah, and to piggyback on what Donna said, too, another example would be working with the publications team. And so being that an MSL would know um, a thought leader, that thought leader could be a potential author and they could work with the publication team to see that through. So I think it's a great opportunity uh, for them to get exposed to other uh, aspects of the, of the company. Well, that's wonderful. So you both have mentioned that uh, there are different life cycle stages that you know, different types of MSL backgrounds may link to. Uh, they come in with different types of backgrounds, but there are also certain different uh, certain types of expertise that may fit with product lifecycle stages. Um, but also giving them rotational opportunities gives them chances for developing their career further, even if it's over special projects or actually rotating for a given point in time. So let me ask you both this. You've both advanced in your roles. What advice do you have to share with our listeners today? in terms of developing yourself? So I would say, as an MSL, always take the opportunity to volunteer for something additional to do. I think if you, if you can and you have the opportunity, always try to uh, look at an additional role, look at a different function, always try to be in the, in the aspect of continual learning. And I think oftentimes, sometimes this is volunteer work or sometimes it's an additional to a day job, but I think the, the, the information that you'll receive in the long run will be very beneficial for you in your career. So I'll share a couple things that I feel have helped me throughout my own career. So first of all, own your career and take advantage of opportunities within and outside your company um, and foundationally exceed expectations in your current role um, while focusing on continuous development and learning to build new skills. 
And finally, build your network of trusted colleagues and mentors who will give you honest feedback and advice. Others, including your manager, your mentor, and colleagues, they contribute to your success, but ultimately, you own it. So that is so critical, as you mentioned, the importance of network and managing your own career, because I think a lot of times people expect that to be managed for them. But you both certainly are examples of how your careers can really evolve very effectively and how you can be so successful within the different roles of field medical as well as other opportunities within medical affairs. So, Ralph, I know we, we've talked about how people are coming into the roles and the importance of mentorship and other opportunities with rotations and so forth. What are your thoughts and, and what type of work will be covered in terms of discussing career ladders? Yeah, Robin, one of the other aspects from a leadership perspective is that uh, many MSLs uh, are not able to um, either move to a, a new career or, or, or change jobs on a, on a regular basis, but we can develop career ladders within the MSL function um, from an individual contributor perspective. So we'll take some time uh, at our session to talk about how do you develop um, career ladders um, for individual contributor MSLs and how that helps to retain our best talent. So um, just a little bit on that. Well, and I think that'll be very, very helpful to people because we know in the people that are going to be coming that have registered so far, we have quite a few that are managers. We have quite a few that are actually MSLs in role. And we also have some senior leaders that are really looking at understanding how do we attract the best people, how do we retain the best people, and then how do we grow those people within the organization to really give them further opportunities and take advantage of their talent as well as giving them room to expand their professional experience as well. Any last thoughts um, from you, Donna, or Ralph regarding this session? You know, we're just very excited about uh, about the session on March 8th and can't wait to see everybody and uh, have some really great open dialogue. We're really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to connecting with old friends um, and meeting new friends as well and colleagues across the industry. Well, I would like to take this opportunity to thank both uh, Ralph and Donna uh, for all the hard work they've been putting into this as well as the team that has been working on this program for field-based medical coming up on March 8th. Uh, we really hope to see you in Miami uh, for the full program, which is March 8th through 11th, uh, for both the field medical session and also for the MAPS annual global meeting, March 8th through 11th, 2020. And again, greatly appreciate uh, your time Ralph and Donna, and for everybody that has been listening in on this podcast. So thank you and hope to see you all in Miami.